Father, we can trust of your word because you are Lord of Lord. You are Lord of creation. Your promise never fail. Father, let us, every one of us, know the purpose in our life so that we glorify your name. Thank you, Lord. This morning, as we listen to your word, Father, I ask and I pray that every one of us, young and old, we experience your love. We experience your presence and soften our heart so that we are transformed by your word and the world will see that we are your light. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Oh. Okay. Happy Mother's Day to every mother. So, we have... Uh, I uh, wrote about the example from the Bible. I take one example from the, from the Old Testament and the one in the New Testament. So, when Moses was born, in, that is in Genesis, Pharaoh commanded that all the newborn Hebrew baby boy should be killed. Moses' mother hit Moses for three months. Then she put Moses in the basket and placed it in the river. And she asked Moses' sister Miriam to look or to watch Moses from afar. And then Pharaoh's daughter found Moses in the basket. And she fell in love with Moses. And then Miriam offered Pharaoh's daughter to find a Hebrew woman to nurse him. And when the Pharaoh's daughter agreed, she take Moses to their mother. And Moses' mother nursed Moses until he finished winning. For the ancient Hebrew, uh, they breastfed the, uh, the baby until three to four years old. And during that short time, Moses' mother taught Moses about God. She taught and trained Moses to live as a God as God's people or as a Hebrew God-chosen people. And Moses, when he grew up, he became a man of God. He became a great leader of Israel, even though he was raised by, uh, uh, by, it, by uh, Pharaoh's daughter, and raised in a 
Egyptian culture, pagan culture. This is the first example. The second example, I think you all may heard this passage in the Second Timothy chapter one, verse five. Paul writes to Timothy, "I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure." dwells in you as well. Paul was a well-known apostle. He wrote most of the book in the New Testament. He was a great servant of God. He could praise uh, Timothy, just praise Timothy for his love of God, for his uh, Amazing faith, but Paul extended the praise to Louis and Eunice. Paul recognized that the faith of Timothy was influenced by her mother and grandmother. How good it is as a woman. God recognized our influence. Mother, we can be a powerful source. Woman, we can be a powerful source. If we, as mother, could recognize the power that a mother has to enable our children to see Jesus, to love God, to love our Father in heaven, as Moses' mother Lois and Eunice did. How wonderful it will be. They help their children not just love God, but they have an amazing faith. This is, as all the women in this room, this is our purpose in life. This is my purpose in life. This is my own imagination. One day, when Levi and Faith grew up, and people will recognize that Faith lived in Lillian, their grandmother, and in Ruth, their mother. How cool it is. When Paul recognized Louis and Eunice's Faith, we are reminded of Jesus' sermon on the mount, Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 to 16. It says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. This is our calling. A woman, as women, we are God's light for our family. A lot of time as women, as mother, we spend our time, our money, our energy 
to make sure that our children go to the expensive school. They have the most, uh, act, uh, they, they have the most precious activity, very expensive activity. And we make sure that they have great career in their life. But if our children don't know Jesus and don't love our Father in heaven, all we are doing means nothing. So we look at Matthew chapter 5. Jesus Jesus at a time when Jesus was teaching attract many people to come. And in Matthew 5, it says, Jesus withdrew himself from the crowd. And he went to a mountain. And it says also that Jesus' disciple followed him. That means Jesus' disciple or Jesus' followers. Jesus, what Jesus taught on the mountain, this is the, the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus taught his disciples about life, about the norm of the kingdom of God, about the norm of the kingdom of heaven. What Jesus says, Jesus says, you are blessed if you do this and this. Jesus says, if you are poor in spirit, you are blessed. If you have a good heart, you are blessed. If you are merciful, you are blessed. If you hunger and thirsty of righteousness, you are blessed, and so on. And first, 17 to 48, Jesus taught the uh, his disciple about obedience. So, then Jesus, in the middle of chapter 5, we can see verse 10 to 12. Jesus said, you do this, you will be blessed. You do this, you will be blessed. But verse 10, he says, you are blessed if you are persecuted. You must be glad and joyful when you are persecuted because your reward is great in heaven. What Jesus mean by that? And the first 13 and 14 Jesus say, use two metaphors to illustrate our life. You are the salt of this world. You are the light of this world. So that means this kingdom norm, when we practice in a sinful world, is the aspect of Christian witness. And as witness, it always attracts opposition, and it causes persecution. As women, we all experience this. Sometimes we try to do the good things, try to advise people, that, but they turn out 
to say an evil things about us. And Jesus said, if you are persecuted, you must be grateful because your reward is great in heaven. And this Mother Day, I want to highlight verse 14 to 16. Woman, you can be a powerful light for your family, especially your children. Moms, uh, we must have relationship with Jesus as Jesus' follower so we can be his light. Jesus' disciple can be Jesus' light because they have relationship with Jesus. John, uh, John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. As Jesus' follower, because of our relationship with Jesus, Jesus transformed our life, changed our life, and he used us as his light. Jesus referred this word as and what is the function of light? We are, uh, we all take granted for the light we have. A light make things we can see with our eyes visible. What we cannot see because of darkness, because of the light, we can see that something is there. A light illuminate the room. A light exposes darkness. This is the function of light. When Jesus said to his disciple, to us, all the women, all the father, all the young men, all the young women, that you are the light. Our purpose is to live a life in such a way that when people see us, who we are and what we do, they reflect to Jesus and they acknowledge there is a Father in heaven. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Jesus said, if you do, if you being, you are being alive, a light, and you become a witness in this world, your light must impact many people. It's just a city on the hill cannot be hidden. People of light cannot help but make difference in this world. This text encourages us to reimagine our role in the world as God's agent of redemption. What makes Jesus shine? Of course, his word and his work 
on the cross. He died for us as a forgiveness of our sin, so that, so that we could reconcile with our Father in heaven. And we have relationship with our Father in heaven. So my question this morning, what makes us shine? Of course, our word and our teeth, our action. That is very important. The shining people aren't the most smartest, aren't the most talented, the most articulate person, are, most, aren't, are not the most influential person. No. The most, uh, the shining people, they have the most servanthood heart and are willing to sacrifice in loving others. They consistently love others in both words and action. It refers to who we are and what we do because of our relationship with our Father in heaven. When we talk about light, I show you, uh, this is a decorative life. A decorative light, sorry. That is the decorative light. Even in Christmas, we use a bundle of that light to brighten our house, to look beautiful. If we have that light, one little bulb, that means nothing. We can see anything and not help as a light. That is decorative light. Some mothers, women, they have a beautiful clothes. They try to speak a nice word. They try to do a good action or good things or good behavior. They put on a beautiful makeup. But when we get deep inside of them, they are so bitter, full of hatred, rebellious, unforgiving. They are so broken, so angry, and they have no love for people. They are very negative to watch people, to watch the church. Because they illuminate only a little spill, a, a little space. It, they illuminate only people they like. They can be very generous and very caring, but only to their close friend. But when it comes to the light of the world, they have no impact 
because their light is dim. Jesus was talking about a light that illuminates and serves a purpose. Moms, mothers, your life that not shine only for your community. We always concern about share the gospel to our community, to our workplace, to our extended family and friend. But you have to shine for your family and your children. Let them know Jesus Christ. If your light is more decorative, your children would never see you reading your Bible. Except in the church. You come to church, praise God, hallelujah. But you talk about negative things in front of your children. You raise a generation that has no respect for God, no respect for godly principle. You raise a children that is hypocrite. In the Bible, in the book of Esther, we can see two women, two queens, two examples for our lives. Uh, the first queen, Queen Fasti, because the king liked to throw a party. So one day, the king invited the queen to show off her beauty to all the people in the party. And, the, and Queen Fasti rejected the invitation. When I read this, I start work in my imagination. So why would Queen Fasti reject the invitation of the king? Most of us women, we put makeup, we use a, a well, we, we are well dressed to impress our husband and their friends. But Queen Fasti was sick being his, her husband's decoration. She was sick and she rejected his invitation. We are not called to be a decoration. And then this angered the king. And all the officials in the palace advised the king to replace Queen Fasti. And now they held a beauty competition for all the beautiful virgins in the land. And when you read the book of Esther, Esther was chosen as the next queen by the king. Esther must be very beautiful. So, Esther was raised by Mordecai, his 
uh, her uncle because Esther had no parent. And this Mordecai trained Esther very well. One day, because uh, one day, Mordecai found out there is a plan of Haman to kill all the Jews in exile. And he asked Esther's help because Esther lived in the palace. And Esther was afraid because she said to uh, Mordecai, if anyone had not invited by the king and came to the king's presence, he will be killed. Except the king raised his gold scepter. And then we read at the Bible what uh, Mordecai's reply. Mordecai said, don't think that you will escape because you are in the palace. If you keep quiet, deliverance will come from another place. See, men, uh, but you and your father's family will die. Who knows you were made queen for, such, for just such a time as this. In another words, Mordecai said, don't you think that you are in the palace, you are safe. We have God who has a plan and he can deliver us anyway, his way. And don't you think that you become a queen because God has purpose in you? Then uh, Esther get, asked Mordecai to gather all the Jews in the land and they fasted for three days. No food, no drink. At the end of 30, Esther was willing to sacrifice his life, uh, her life. And she came into the presence of the king. And the king raised his gold scepter. That means Esther was saved. And the king punished Haman and commanded Haman to be hanged. And Esther, when we look at Esther's life, Esther is, was beautiful, and yet she knew her purpose in life because of Mordecai. And Esther served a purpose of God. All the Jews in exile. Esther was the light of God. Verse 15. As people don't light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives life to all in the house. As Jesus' followers, we are responsible, we are called for our light 
to be recognized by this world. Verse 16, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Jesus said, let your light shine before others, before your family, before your children, before your community, before your employees, before your boss, before your work colleague, so that they draw to me and recognize my Father in heaven. This is our call. And uh, what that means, a good works. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 9, verse 8 to 9. Paul says, For at one time, you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good, that is right, and that is true. Good work means righteous life. This is re the result of our relationship with Jesus, our conversion. In our life, we do many good works, good things. But this don't necessarily glorify our Father in heaven. When Jesus, uh, when Jesus talk about good works, it doesn't mean we going to prison, uh, visit the prisoner, helping the homeless, going to uh, to an orphanage, going to a mission trip, or going to a nursing home. But it is about moral excellence, moral influence. It is to do with our morality. We must discern what is good, what is evil, what is right, what is wrong. As mother, we must teach our children what is right, what is wrong, what is good, what is evil. So that my, our children will love God. And when people see our children love God and serve God, they acknowledge that must be God somewhere in this world. For me, nothing in this world is more important than teach my children to know God, to love Him and to serve Him. What they study, what they do for a living, who they marry, that comes second for me. If they love God, God can bless them and provide everything for them. That is not our job to provide for them. I give you five characteristics of a woman who can become a light of God. First, read your Bible and pray. This is the source of our wisdom. Live with integrity. For us to live with integrity, we must have a forgiving spirit. 
unforgiving spirit is a family spirit. Let go our hurt. Let go our anger, disappointment. Receive the forgiveness of God so that we can live our life and become the light for our children and for others. Number three, be an encourager. If you are hurt, if you are inside, you are anger, and what come out of your mouth that will disappoint people. Be an encourager as a woman. Number four, have a servant heart. Love people, have compassion for people. Number five, be a generous woman so that you can be a light for God. Proverb 31, uh, verse 25 to 26, it says, Strength and dignity are her clothing. She opened her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness on her tongue. As women, we must clothe with strength and dignity with self-esteem because we know we have confidence our future in God. So we have dignity. So that when we open our mouth, there is always wisdom and teach a kindness to all generation, to all others, women, so that people may recognize Jesus and say that must be a God in heaven. God bless you.